And I want to share some things with you. Uh, from, uh, we'll start at Acts chapter 18, verse uh, 5 through 11. And I know those who anticipated the blessing, uh, you may take it down now. <laughs> yeah, I said, is he going to preach? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. In verse 5, the scripture talks about prayer. It says, when Silas and Timothy had come to Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. And I want to uh, emphasize that and or, and or re-emphasize that whenever we're together. Sometimes we, we may ask ourselves, well, why is he saying that again? Because it's necessary. Because what we are encountering and, and experiencing is the gospel of the kingdom being preached. The gospel of the kingdom is not your take on various scriptures. The gospel of the kingdom has to do with the centrality of Jesus Christ. He is the good news. And so Paul testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ, and we must testify to our generation that wherever God has you planted, whether in some job or whatever, we must testify that Jesus is the Christ. Verse 6 says, but when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Thank God he came to the Gentiles. Yes. Thank God. And so there's somebody that you need to go to. There's somebody that you've been reticent, reluctant to share the good news. You've got good news, but you've been reluctant to share that good news. I'm going to ask you to come out of your reluctant closet and share the good news, but not only with words, but by living the life that you are preaching and teaching about. It says, and he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshiped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household. This, this is a, a resounding theme through the scriptures that when you are saved, it's not like we have been taught that that salvation is an individual thing. It is, but that's not the, the full story. It is individual and it is familial. You find uh, re recurring, reoccurring in the scriptures that when somebody got saved, they came to the Lord. Their family, the household came. And uh, I love Cornelius because Cornelius got his friends too. And so there's a place for your friends when you get saved. And so we must do that. I believe that God wants us to do that with a sense of urgency. And uh, I don't know if I uh, gave you my, my subject is preaching with purpose. Uh, and that's teaching with purpose, witnessing with purpose. And this is what we must do. Uh, even the, the harlot Rahab got all of her family into the house and was saved through the, the witness of a harlot. How much more those of us who are saved by grace as, as Brother Roloff used to say, those who are saved by grace ought not live in disgrace. And so, uh, all, uh, and so his household believed, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. Do not be afraid. And I want to say that to all of us who are living in this time period. Don't be afraid. You will be ridiculed. People will lie on you. But do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. This is prophetic preaching and teaching. So prophetic preaching and teaching is not just predictive. It, it has an element of, of, of that, but it is not just predictive. It, it uh, clearly speaks of what's going on and tells you what God is saying about it. 
It's not just predictive. And so when you do that, you will often make somebody upset with you. But don't stop. Continue to do what God has you doing. And he says, don't be silent, for I am with you. This is the word of the Lord for you. I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. And so the preaching of the gospel must and should be purposeful. So when you and I are out witnessing, we are out preaching, it should be purposeful. We must know, always know, the intent of the Spirit. Always know the intent of the Spirit. How do I know? Because the Spirit will reveal. He lives inside you. I know everybody in my house. I don't want a house so big that people can live in the attic, and I don't know they're there. But I know everybody in this little house. And I know everybody in my house over, over yonder. <laughs> I know everybody in my house. So this is what we must know. We must follow the Holy Spirit. He is in our house. Follow him in our preparation and in our proclamation. Let us be bold and strong. We don't have time to waste. In order to have a healthy church, we must have a strong and balanced diet of the prophetic. Churches that don't have that will, ha- will have that in the future. And uh, perhaps God will even allow us to have that kind of relationship with those among us who do not understand nor uh, adhere to embrace the prophetic. As I said, the prophetic is not just predictive. It is that, definitely. But it is also an explanation of what's going on, bringing light on present situations. And we must do that. Speaking by the unction of the Holy Spirit, that is prophetic. You know, having, having a body, a, a, a being so yielded that the Holy Spirit can cause you to say whatever he wants to say at the moment. I've done that before. Uh, and I, let me just very, very quickly just say that I, I told you the, the story uh, once many years ago when we were uh, expanding this property. And Pastor Burt and I went to uh, a meeting of the county or it was the state, but I think it had to do with the county. And they were going to give us access or not give us access. And I said to Pastor Brady, I want to show you how to negotiate. I want to give that, I have that ability, so I want to show you how to do it. And when I got over there, I just blew it all up. I got over there, and, and I was going to tell him how to be tough and strong. And I got over there, and the, the head engineer was a lady. She had, I think, nine or ten engineers with her, and, and they were all ready for me. And, and so, so God, the Holy Spirit, did something that I was not expecting. She said, what do you want? I said, what do you want us to have? And I go, what? I, didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to say it. I was going to tell them how the cow ate the cabbage. But the Holy Spirit had other things. And he, he did that so expertly. And so she said, uh, uh, excuse me. And what I was going to do is correct myself. And I said it again. And, and this has happened on many occasions. Why? Because we must be led by the Spirit of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the mature ones of God. So I want you to have a strong understanding that the Holy Spirit lives in you. He is in you. He is from God in you. He's not just a, an idea. Sometimes we think that faith is nebulous, you know, like uh, cloudy, something in the sky, something that we can't really touch. But it's, not, it's greater than that. So we, we're living in an era where normal is not normal. Normal is not normal. Our times are abnormal, which means they have departed from God's truth. 
And, it's, and, and this abnormal period is so commonplace that many believers now are, are thinking that there are no absolutes. Not even from our ministers. They think there are no absolutes. They think that many of them think, well, that's just the pastor's opinion. Wow. We know that Jesus, however, is the Word of God, and, and since Christ is our central focus, we know that uh, the Word of God is truth, and we know that the truth will prevail in our times. This is why we're going to pray. We're not going to demand that school systems allow our children to pray there when we don't bring them to pray here. Jesus said to us, uh, when Thomas in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is indispensable. He, he, he is not dispensable, but indispensable in our witness, in our testimony. In all that we do, let us lay hold of Jesus. If we depart from various things, let us never depart from the truth, from Jesus. So we want to conclude that, no, I'm not concluding my message here, but we want to conclude what I just said. Uh, we want to conclude that Jesus is the antidote to truth, uh, to lies. He is the antidote to lies. Jesus is the antidote to heresy. We want to know that, all right? We must conclude that. So Jesus said that, that God would sanctify us by his truth. And so we are sanctified, set apart, because we are people of the Word of God. We are born through the Word of God. We now are bathed in the Word of God. The Word of God is indispensable for us. And I'm speaking of the preached Word. I'm speaking of the spoken Word and the living Word, Jesus Christ. And so, since we know that Jesus uh, uh, and uh, the, the preaching of the gospel, the truth, is the antidote to heresy, if we want to see heresy abated, we must be bold and speak the truth. Now, don't always know your measure of rule. Know what God has given you. Know your measure. And as one of my favorite commercials said, stay in your lane. Okay, stay in your lane. Don't try to get in somebody else's lane. Don't, don't try to go beyond. Oh, you may think you see, but sometimes when you're, you're being developed by the Lord, you think you see things you don't see. You really do. You think you see things you don't see. So you want to stay in your lane, and, and don't try to take the, the gospel, the, the handle to the gospel plow when God didn't tell you to do that. So be very careful about how you do that. And so the Bible says, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That is cornerstone for us, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, shall not perish, cannot perish, will never perish, but have everlasting life. And that is a cornerstone for me. It's cornerstone for us. And we're not to put people in heaven or hell, but we quote the scripture. We believe the scripture. That's what God wants us to do. All right. And so the kingdom of God, I also want to say when we talk about the kingdom of God, sometimes I, I, I love teachers because sometimes I give you an overview. I'm like the, 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 the helicopter or the plane that flies over a place and takes aerial photos. And, and I'm, I'm showing you that. I know where everything is, but sometimes I don't always take time to dissect everything. See, I don't mind cooking for you. I don't mind f preparing the buffet, but I don't want to spoon feed you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I will the babes. I will the babes. But I, I don't want to do that. We don't, you know, you know, the food is prepared. The buffet is always set and the plates are over there. And you can have as much as you want. You know, but, you know, don't sit there and say, 
but, 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 but I, I don't like a spoon. I, I want a fork. You know, don't do it like that. Okay. <laughs> so the, the kingdom of God is both uh, present and future. So when we talk about the kingdom of God, we want to talk about both the present and the future. Uh, so we must preach the kingdom of God, live the kingdom of God, embrace the kingdom of God because it is, unsh it is an unshakable kingdom. Amen. It is an unshakable kingdom. You and I are part of an unshakable kingdom. I, I don't know if you heard that. It's unshakable. The things that are going on in the world are not shaking the kingdom. And they can't shake you loose from the kingdom. So I want you to understand that. So the, this kingdom... Uh, is not established on principles alone. I'm talking about P-R-I-N-C-I-P-L-E-S. It's not established on principles alone, but the principle, the P-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L, the principle, who is Jesus Christ the King. So that's, he is the solid rock of the kingdom. And I want you to know that and walk in that as we move forward. Um, uh, also, um, uh, this unshakable kingdom uh, is... Is, is, is the domain in which we live. And uh, this king that we have, Jesus Christ, he precedes his dominion. He precedes his domain. He is the king himself and everything else, everything in the kingdom, everything in our lives should emanate, come forth from Jesus Christ. Uh, John tells us that all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. So we, you and I must take confidence in that. Now let me just... Uh, uh, end with Revelation 19, just Revelation 19, if you will, uh, verse 10, and maybe we'll, well, we'll say a few things and we'll be done. Um, in, in Revelation 19, this, this scene was so impressive. It says, may I have it on the, on the other screen? It says, and I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. This is what he says to John. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so you see that so impressive was this scene in heaven with uh, these four great hallelujahs. They're, you know, sometimes they call people like us the hallelujahs. You know? <laughs> the hallelujahs. You know, so great with these four great hallelujahs and the announcement of the coming wedding feast that John once again fell down to worship the angels. It was so great, so magnificent, so awesome, so awe-inspiring. He fell down to worship the angel as he had done before in, in, in uh, 117. It says, then, however, he was worshiping Christ, wh uh, which was proper. In 170, he was worshiping pro uh, uh, Christ, which was proper. But here the angel rebuked him, urging him to worship only God and not him since he was a fellow servant with John. So the angel added, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when you have people saying, thus I say, yea, I say, this and that's going to happen, and you don't have any Jesus in it, you go the other direction. Hallelujah, that's right. Go another direction. Because the, the, the deception is great, and, and it's, it's pervasive. I always want to make sure I, I differentiate between those two words. It's not prevalent, because what we are doing is prevalent. It's the prevailing word, but that is pervasive. And so we want to make sure that we are, we caref we're careful of that. So the angel said the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And what he means is it's the very nature of prophecy. It's the purpose of prophecy. It's to testify of Jesus Christ and to bring glory to Jesus and Jesus alone. And so I will just stop there and just say to all of us, let us embrace this 
where, where God has us. We've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Let's not shrink back. Let's don't be afraid. Now, uh, lastly, the enemy is going to attack to destroy. He's, uh, but don't fear him. Don't fear him. Your names are written in heaven. Don't fear him. Don't fear him. He's ill come with lies and all kinds of, of false accusations. Don't fear him. And you, you don't have to answer him. When somebody calls you, as it were, out of your name, you don't need to answer. I don't know if you mean by call you something other than your name. That's kind of like black speak when we say call you out of your name. But, but I, I went back there, right? But when they call you something other than your name, you don't have to. So when they say something about you that's not even true, don't even answer. All right? I'll be back in a minute.